that's my name. What's yours? There's no glass. There's much more he has to tell her. Why? Because it hasn't been invented yet. A force field. <laughs> Many such technologies. Welcome. This is Will, sci-fi guy on Substack. And that was the great Jean-Luc Picard talking to Lily in First Contact. Showing her around his ship. Giving her the grand tour. And showcasing what we'll be talking about tonight. And that is the force field. The always fascinating and seemingly apparently magical field of force or force field. They're shimmering walls of powerful sparkling energy. And they do a lot in the Star Trek universe, don't they? In fact, without them, where would a starship be? Where would they be indeed? Deflector shields, defensive shields, a shield, a force, a force field or shield around the, the containment core of the, of, of the warp core so it doesn't go kablooey. But what are these shields? What exactly are these fields or shields? Shields and fields, force fields. Now, before Star Trek, because believe it or not, there is, there is a time before Star Trek, right? Instead of, uh, instead of BC, BST, before Star Trek, there certainly was. And it's um, become, before the force field, the concept was around for a long time in science fiction. Right from the wiki. The concept of a force field goes back at least as far as the 20th century. The Encyclopedia of Science Fiction suggests that the first use of the term in sci-fi appears to happen in 1931. Okay, 1931. In a little novel called Space Hounds of IPC, a science fiction novel by American writer E.E. E. Smith. Um, it was subsequently published, I guess, in 1947, but the first appearance was in 1931. And then an early precursor of what is now called a force field may be found in William Hope Hodgson's The Nightland, and that's 1912, where the last redoubt, the fortress of the remnants of a far future humanity, is kept, kept safe by the air clog generated by the burning earth current. And in one of the great Science fiction writers Isaac Asimov and his foundation, personal shields have been developed by scientists specializing in the miniaturization of planet-based shields. So instead of having the great, you know, a planet-sized shield, they 
reduce them and shrink them for a personal use. As they are primarily used by Foundation traders, most other inhabitants of the Galactic Empire do not know about this technology. And finally, of course, we have the War, the War of the Worlds from 1953. The concept of force fields as a defensive measure for, from enemy attack or as a form of attack can be rarely found in modern video games, as well as in the film, such as The War of the Worlds in 1953, and of course, an Independence Day from 1996. Um, and of course, in comic books, in, in Marvel comic books, in the Fantastic Four, we have Sue Storm, right? The Invisible Girl. So she can generate force fields. She can make herself invisible and then generate invisible force fields and force shields. Uh, the wiki goes on to say the concept has become a staple of many science fiction works, so much so that authors frequently do not even bother to explain or justify them to their readers treating them almost as established fact and attributing whatever capabilities the plot requires. The ability to create force fields has become a frequent superpower in superhero media. And of course, again, Sue Storm, the Invisible Girl. Oh, and also, was it uh, um, Green Lantern from DC it has energy constructs like force fields, Gene Gray's telekinesis and magnetos and manipulation of electromagnetic fields. Um, and Michio Kaku, Dr. Michio Kaku, um, wrote about it in Physics of the Impossible. So, so what is it? I mean, well, in the Star Trek world, in Star Trek's wide-ranging universe um, from our uh, great memory alpha, we have um, force fields had been in use for many years. Starfleet did not begin research on such a device until around 2147, then referred to by my Malcolm Reed. And of course, that's from, uh, that's from Enterprise, where he was, I guess, a pioneer in uh, the creation of force fields. By the 24th century, Starfleet force fields were commonplace and were rated by intensity, ranging in strength from levels 1 through 10. A level 10 force field was the strongest and was used, for example, during a scientific experiment of which the outcome was unknown or known to be explosive in nature. Applications, applications range from creating holograms to sealing a hull breach to personal force fields. Uh, this is really interesting. The next generation, uh, early days of the writing room before the show, I guess, was aired when they were developing it. A type of device, they were going to call it a landing envelope, would have placed a protective power field envelope around a person or landing party, allowing the away teams to visit planets with, with much more hostile environments than was possible in the past. And I guess they just dismissed that and tossed it because they knew it would be a strain on the optical effects budget and then by lowering the amount of peril typically encountered on away missions. Um, what's, what's very cool and interesting is that certain races like the, the Dominion prefer lethal settings of uh, force fields. It says most force fields were non-lethal, though some civilizations such as the Dominion preferred the lethal variety. And if a force field was active, an object or transported beam generally could not pass through it, although this was not always the case. And in one of the, um, in terms of drama, in terms of actually integrating the you know the uh the technology into a uh, plot um everyone remembers of course charlie x the episode from the original series 
Uh, Captain Kirk attempts to use a force field to confine Charlie Evans to quarters. Obviously, if you remember, Charlie X is sort of like a mini Q and he had, you know, amazing powers like Gary Mitchell, uh, you know, incredible uh, genie magical like powers. Once the force field was rigged to the room's door and Evans entered the quarters, his, his quarters, the force field was activated by Spock. When Evans then walked to the door, he was thrown backwards onto the deck by the force field. However, it was subsequently made to vanish along with the bulkhead containing it by Evans, who thereby managed to easily escape. And a side note, it says, in the final draft of script of the script Charlie X, contact with this force field was described as producing blue sparks of energy that instantly outlined his body and flung him back into the room. However, no such blue sparks are shown in the final version of the episode, despite collision with the force field clearly throwing Evans back. Also in in scripted, but ultimately unused dialogue, it was established that preparing the force field took a minimum of 72 hours and that the force field was on deck five and that setting it up made use of the ship's lab circuitry, all of which, according to the script, ran through the main corridor on deck five. So it was a big production to try to contain and imprison Charlie X, but it failed. It did indeed. Um, and then, of course, Jean-Luc Picard demonstrates to Lily Sloan a force field closing a hatch to space aboard the USS Enterprise E when, when Lily spotted that there was no glass and she was shocked. And that's the clip we heard in the beginning of tonight's podcast. So it's a very well-used sci-fi tool. Um, certainly in, in Star Trek, I, what would Star Trek be without it? What would the Borg be without it, without their little personal uh, force fields? Uh, there's a picture, of course, of, um, and we all know Seven of Nine being protected by her personal shield. And many times when they encounter the Borg, the Borg definitely love to use their personal force shields. Force fields and force shields. And th- th- this is a, a great uh, reference in uh, the episode, the Next Generation episode, Final Mission, with Captain Picard and Ensign Wesley Crusher, and a civilian shuttle Captain Durgo, they discover a fountain of water surrounded by a force field on Lambda Paz. And it's very hard to get to that that water, that life-sustaining water. Um, Very interesting here, too. The, The Borg utilized personal defensive force fields. The force field was so Powerful. It was sufficient to allow them survival in space without a spacesuit. When in combat, the Borg drones could be killed by phasers, but only for the first several shots. The phaser beam became ineffective if used at the same setting after multiple shots. And the phaser's effectiveness could be extended, though, by adding a frequency modulation chip. But drones would eventually adapt to this as well. And remember Worf saying, they've adopted. They've adapted. And uh, while Borg force fields were formidable against directed energy, they were capable of being bypassed by blunt force kinetic energy. Projectile weapons were notoriously efficient efficient against their shields. And again, we saw that in first contact with the uh, Worf, with his little mini bat left, and in the uh, the hollow uh, the hollow deck, the hollow uh, uh, environment that Picard. Uh, whipped up and got the uh, Tommy gun, the big machine gun, and made them go to the big Borg collective into the sky. So there you have it. We've got a, um, 
an amazing sci-fi and Star Trek uh, technology. Where would we be without it? Now, here is a little real-life use or coming. Now, this was about two years ago. This is from treehugger.com. Treehugger.com reports Boeing, the big company, aerospace company uh, in the U.S., Boeing grants is granted a patent for the world's first real-life force field. This is by Byron Nelson, and it says there are several technologies from the world of Star Trek that perhaps seem forever relegated to sci-fi, to sci-fi, transporters, warp drives, universal translators, etc. But if Boeing has its way, you won't find deflector shields on that list. The multinational corporation has been granted a patent for a real-life force field-like defensive system that is reminiscent of the Trekkie tech, most famous for keeping Enterprise safe from phaser blasts and photon torpedoes. So it goes on to say that the technology, they originally filed it in 2012, so um, 10 years ago. It's a method and system for shockwave attenuation via electromagnetic arcs. So it's not exactly the same thing as featured in Star Trek, it goes on to say, but the concept isn't that far off. Basically, the system is designed to create a shell of ionized air, a plasma field essentially, between the shockwave of an oncoming blast and the object being protected. So according to the patent, it works by heating a selected region of the first fluid medium rapidly to create a second transient medium that intercepts the shockwave and attenuates its energy density before it reaches a protected asset. So I guess this is for, right, and bombs on the battlefield. So they could literally take away all the energy, all the sort of uh, attenuated energy, and the bombs would have no, you know, uh, damage or very little. So this would be incredible. So a a real-life force field might be coming to the battlefield. There you have it. Force field's one of my favorite tech, Star Trek tech and sci-fi tech ever. I just love them. Hope you do too. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you subscribe. If you don't, you can do so free or the paid people for $4.99. You get some goodies. You do get some more than than the freebies, so look into it. If not, keep on doing the freebies and keep on sending us feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Live long and prosper. We'll see you soon.